You're listening to In Focus by MarketScale, a podcast by video professionals for video professionals, putting in focus the topics, teachers, and tips guiding today's video industry. With your host, MarketScale's Senior Director of Video Production, Josh Brummett. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of In Focus. Today, I have a very special guest with me, David Spector with David Spector Media. Hey, David, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Josh. How are you? Doing good. Uh, David is an incredible photographer. He also uh, is an awesome video shooter and editor as well. So David does it all. I try. Uh, David took... <laughs> <laughs> so David, tell me, tell me about your story. How did you get into photography? Well, it, it's kind of a weird story. So I grew up with my dad as an artist. Uh, he was a commercial artist and he did a lot of photography for his work. Um, so I remember being there when I was a kid, helping him with lights and, you know, holding a light if needed, or, you know, um, as we call it in the industry, a voice activated light stand. Um, and, you know, but I never really got into it when I was a kid and, but I was dragged around to every art gallery in the tri-state area and, you know, and I was kind of forced to do that. And I kind of always resisted. And then about 14 years ago, uh, when I moved down here to North Carolina, one of my friends uh, got bought a camera, bought a DSLR, and I was like, oh, I think I'd like to try that because I'm a gear nut. Anything with tech in it, I want. Um, so I went and I bought a used camera and uh, took a couple of pictures, and I was immediately hooked and in love with photography. And from then on, I just started learning everything I could. Yeah, what I thought was really cool is that, you know, you you've mentioned you used to do a lot of landscape photography and you kind of moved into really focusing on people, which I think is really awesome. Um, and, and I, I think there's a lot of things we can talk about here later on the podcast about, you know, what it, what it takes to have people in your shots and kind of having that human element and whatnot. But going back to your story, you know, what finally caused you to do the leap to do it full time? Well, uh, I was like, I, said, I was shooting as a hobby for many, many years. Um, and I was working in the tech industry, so uh, I was doing desktop support for UNC hospitals here in North Carolina. And uh, I had an unfortunate incident. My mom passed away unexpectedly. Um, and after I came back from the funeral and I was so miserable with my job, I said, you know what, it's time for me to do what I want to do for the rest of my life than having someone tell me what to do. So um, I came back from the funeral. I walked in my boss's office, gave my notice, and that was it. And uh, you haven't looked back since, huh? Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's I will really... never do another IT job again. It's <laughs> you know, this is my passion. This is what I love to do, um, and that's what I'll continue doing. You know, I used to do uh, engineering classes in high school, and I was doing some like pre-college classes for engineering. Um, and my senior year in high school, or I, I finally made this decided to do the switch where I wasn't going to be an engineer. I was going to do video production. And I'm so glad I did because, man, if I was just sitting in a in a dark room doing engineering stuff, I, I just probably would go crazy. I'm I'm I need to I need to do all kinds of different things like shoot and edit and script write and all that stuff. So it makes it makes it a lot more fun. Oh, definitely. So uh, to start us off, I have a big question, and I don't know if we can cover it all in just one podcast, but I want to see what do you think as a professional makes a good photo. Well, that can be very subjective because photography is such a uh, subjective field. But um, a story that a photo will tell a story. 
that's what I feel makes a good and what tells that story is you know um, leading lines and rule of thirds and you know uh, any photo any photo that you look at your eye is always going to be drawn to the brightest part of that scene and then wander around the rest of it um, so where you put that and how you compose your shot I think is really what makes a good photo over just a regular photo um, composition is huge and being able to you know frame that right that you're you know like if you have a leading line that's going up to the main subject that your eyes just immediately drawn to um, you know that's gonna make a photo a good photo so you mentioned the story aspect how do people start pulling in that story into their photography? Sometimes, you know, you see something and you take a picture of it, but capturing that story and capturing that, uh, you know, what makes it unique is sometimes a little bit difficult. Yeah, and it goes back to what I was just talking about before with composition. Um, but one of the things I love shooting besides people is I love shooting abandonment. Um, I'm a big urban explorer, so I love anything abandoned. I love the, the texture, the decay. And for me, when I shoot, I want to try to tell that story of what once was, um, you know, why is that place abandoned? You know, what did it used to be? Um, just trying to really, I want to bring out someone's emotions when they look at that picture. So I was like, oh, you know, I've had, you know, I've been lucky enough to have my um, artwork featured in some art galleries in, in the area. And, you know, and when people come see it, they, they provokes an emotion, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, an abandoned school where, you know, I have a shot of a library where all the books and the old encyclopedias are still there and, but, and half of it's on the floor and then there's a couch in the middle and, and it just, you know, that evokes emotions. They're like, oh, I remember when I was in school, elementary school and we had the library and, you know, that's the kind of things that, um, really helps tell a story or, um, or people, you're looking into someone's eyes and, you know, it it speaks to you. Yeah. A few years ago, I actually got into uh, abandonment photography and uh, there's a couple of places I went and I found like a forum online that kind of talked about some spots around the DFW area. Uh, sadly, a lot of them were kind of more illegal, like you couldn't just pop into them. Tell me about how you, I, I've kind of find, you know, that kind of photography really interesting and it's kind of an art in itself, finding the spots um, getting into the spots and, uh, you know, having the time and the ability to get what you need because you're often in these kind of strange scenarios. Tell me about kind of how you go about getting that type of photography. Well, a lot of it is me and uh, my urban exploring buddy that I, that I go shoot with most often is we will just meet early one Sunday morning or on the weekend usually when we both have the time and We'll just hop in the car and drive around and we'll drive around all the back roads um, in the area and just look for stuff. And you can see an abandoned house or sometimes we'll have a place that we know is like the first place we want to go. And then we'll drive around from there. Um, I call it kind of a trespassing with friends. Um, <laughs> a lot of these places we don't have permission to go into, but I will never break into a place. So if there's an open door or an open window, yes, I will climb in and shoot and I don't, I don't break anything. I don't, I, I'm there just to take pictures and leave only footprints. Um, it's so, but a lot of times, um, you know, I'll get permissions. I just had got permissions to shoot in the, in abandoned school a couple of weeks ago. And that was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that's awesome. There's this, uh, I don't know, I don't know, uh, you may never ever be in the area, but there's this old abandoned uh, orphanage in uh, Sherman, Texas, about an hour north of, of uh, Dallas. And uh, I've always wanted to shoot in there. And I actually got, I was able to get a contact with the uh, the owners of the building a while back ago, but I never was able to schedule out of time to go and do it. But it is a really cool place. It's like a two or three story orphanage that, oh, wow. uh, that it's like, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's a little bit creepy looking too. So if you ever, if you ever in the area, you might look into it. Yeah, I'll check it out. I did the, they took a whole vacation, um, with me and a couple other friends. We went up to West Virginia to shoot the, uh, Trans Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Oh, wow. Um, and it's open to the public and the ghost hunters go there, but we had a private tour. We had the place to ourselves for a day and got to really spend like an hour and a half on each floor of the asylum. And then like, you know, later in the afternoon, we had just free room to go wherever we wanted. And that was just a lot of fun and really worth the trip. Cause I got a bunch of amazing images. They say the place is haunted. Yeah. But- <laughs> I'm sure it was a little bit uh, creepy, but <laughs> it is, but you know, I, I never, I never feel scared. You know, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm very careful. You know, I, you know, that's why you always go with somebody when you do this because you could fall through a floor and you want to have somebody right. there with you. Um, especially some of the homes I've been in that are pretty uh, half falling down. So Yeah. Well, going back to some of our, for our stuff in photography. So one of the things I think is really interesting is just even though technology has changed over the years, you know, you could you always see a photo from – you know, as far back as the twenties and the thirties and the forties, like, you know, all these old, old photographers that are famous and they have such awesome work. And it's one of those things where if you have the fundamentals and you understand the fundamentals, it doesn't matter what kind of camera you have, as long as you're able to kind of maintain those same kind of ideas. So what are some of those fundamentals that you kind of stick to by to, to have a uh, interesting photo? Well, the, the, the three main fundamentals to know is the exposure triangle, which is uh, your shutter speed, aperture, and ISO, or in the film days, ASA, which is your film speed. Um, and that's the sensitivity to light and how if you change one, it affects the other two. So you're always trying to work um, to make a good image, good exposure with those three. Um, and your aperture, which is the opening in the lens, is going to control your depth of field. So um, you'll see a lot of people shoot the very shallow depth field of the shooting portraits. So you shoot the person and then the background is just all blurry. Uh, makes them really stand out from the image. Um, and that's one of the main things. And then your shutter speed, how fast if you're shooting motion, how fast the shutter speed you have to shoot to stop, stop that motion. And then if you're in really low light, how much high, how high uh, ISO do you have to shoot at to get a properly exposed image? Um, and that's still the same in digital. Um, and it's still the same in video as well. Um, there's a few different rules on the video side, but um, those are the main fundamentals. And then again, knowing good composition um, to help with that, get that story out. Awesome. And is there any kind of things that people can keep in mind when, when framing for composition or framing for, uh, you know, people or any kind of object and, and kind of focus in their shot? Yeah. Um, if you're shooting people, you want to always make sure the eyes are in focus. Um, if, if their eyes aren't in focus, because that's the main, you know, you're looking in someone's eyes when you're doing portrait photography. So you want to make sure their eyes are sharp. If it's the focus is off, I throw that image away. Um, also never put somebody dead center. 
Sometimes you will, like if you're doing like headshots or something. Yes, you'll put something that, but if you're trying to tell a story and do a more artistic shot, you always want to put them off to a side. That's the rule of thirds. Um, so if you imagine your frame and there's two uh, horizontal lines and two vertical lines going through and you have those cross points, those are where you kind of want to put the main frame of your subject. So you put their eyes in the top left or top right. And if they're looking to the left, you know, put them on the right-hand side of the image so it looks like they're looking off into something and you wonder if right there, okay, what are they looking at? Um, so that's one of the things, you know, I mainly tell people if a photo's dead center in the middle, it could be very boring. It could be a very flat image. Right. And so one of the things, like, you know, I, I'm traditionally a, from a video background. You know, I professionally do video and whatnot, and photography to me is more of a hobby. And one of the things that when I'm doing photography that I struggle with the most is is having people in my in my shots. You know, I, I can do great landscape photography, uh, you know, things like that. But once I add a, a human into the shot, you know, posing them, capturing, you know, the, the right expression, you know, it actually adds it's kind of tough. Like, you know, from someone that doesn't do it every day, you know, how how do you kind of, what's the best way to add people to the mix? You know, how do you capture that human expression? That was a hard point for me. That's why I started out just shooting, shooting landscape because I didn't know how to pose people. And I felt nervous, you know, telling somebody how to pose because I didn't know myself. Um, and I just watched a lot of other portrait photographers, how they position people like did a class, took a class on posing, you know, so I can learn and feel a little bit more comfortable. And the first model I shot with, she was a professional, you know, model that she travels all over the country to on um, the shoot. And I first time I was shooting with her was part of a group, a photography group. And I told her, I was like, look, you're my first model I've ever shot. I have no idea what I'm doing. She's like, don't worry, I'll just go through some of the basic poses and be getting an idea to shout them out. So she made me feel very comfortable and at ease. And, you know, after about five minutes of shooting with her, I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's do this. I, I started getting those ideas in my head of what images I wanted to get out of it. And that was a really big help. And then just constantly studying how other people, you know, that were portrait photographers or, you know, that were doing the expressions and the poses and just going off of that and learning and then, once you get a little comfortable doing that with some of the basic poses, then the creativity will start coming out and you'll feel a lot more comfortable. And it's also really, really good to have a connection with the person you're shooting. So, you know, even if I'm just doing corporate headshots at a company where they're coming in every five minutes, I try to spend a couple of minutes with them, just talking to them, making them feel comfortable and then, you know, get in to do the shots this way. They feel a little bit more at ease. And if they're really tense, you can make, stupid corny jokes like tell them that their eyelashes are too tense they need to relax them or something that'll get them laughing and then boom fire the shot off <laughs> there you go so one of the things i saw in your work is you do a good job incorporating people with landscapes and other and other you know surroundings so how do you kind of make it to where it tells a story having someone in, in your shot that's interacting or that feels natural within the surroundings well, um, I came up with a saying, this shooting with one of my friends, we were doing some uh, art nudes and in nature, there's so many different shapes um, and triangles are like one of the most common shapes out in nature. Um, and so I said, okay, I want to incorporate you and I try getting them to post. So they kind of like blend right into the landscape. So it's, you know, 
they're there, but they're not there at the same time. And, um, and I came up with a phrase, I don't know if I could swear on here, but saying called shapes and shit. I go, that's what we're making. And, you know, that caught on with a lot of my friends. And, um, so that's, I try to incorporate the natural shapes of the surroundings with the portraits that I'm doing. Okay. That makes sense. That's an interesting thought on that because I wouldn't have thought about the shape being a thing. Uh, so in, in the people are kind of more like it's, it's organic, it's an organic shape that's hard to match. So tell me a little bit more about how, how you kind of see that and how you blend people with the surroundings. Um, a lot of times, like, especially in nature, like I look at the shapes of rocks and I, I look at like, or, you know, if there's like, two rocks kind of leaning and there's that kind of shape in the middle between them. I'll try to put somebody in there and try to have them fit to that shape. Um, so it's, it's more, you know, I'm still having to focus on that person, but they're also kind of just blending into the background to, you know, to make it a little bit more organic and, and natural looking. Um, or, if, you know, shapes, not just on rocks, but on trees and, and in the water, you know, you could just, it's just trying to look and make that person blend into that surrounding. Okay. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think that, yeah, I'm, I'm getting in my head now. I can see the visuals and how that kind of makes sense and how you kind of align them in there to where it feels natural. Uh, going back to our, we're trying to talk about vide videography and photography, you know, as someone that, you know, it's getting better at photography, uh, I always used to joke when I was doing shoots and a photographer was there, I'd be like, oh, look, they have the easiest job. They just have to snap a photo. Then as I got better with photos, I realized, dang, it really matters every single time you take that shot because someone's going to be looking at that image and they're going to be studying that image and they're really going to look at every single detail on it. And so when you snap that photo, you, it has to be perfect. And that's something with video where it does have to be, you do keep an eye on composition and it matters. But oftentimes when you're moving, quickly moving around and doing a lot of action, sometimes little details are kind of missed because you're just looking at a quick frame. But with a photo, it has to be perfect. So what, what other things, you know, make photography different than video? Well, you know, again, like I said, it's just one image where video is multiple still images all put together at 24, 30, or 60 frames a second, uh, you know, like you just saying before, you look at that one image. So, you know, when you're showing that to somebody, like especially if you're taking a portrait of somebody, you want that image to mean something to them. You want to see that you captured their essence um, of who that person is. So it takes, it's a lot more thought going behind my composition. And back in the days when you were shooting film, you know, you had... 24 36 exposures to take and you didn't get the, the ability to see it at the on the back of your camera like you do now with digital so you didn't know for a week until you got it back from the lab um so with digital it's a lot more easier that you can take a photo look at the back of it and it's like all right i want to change something and then do that again but it's it's a lot you're looking at things in the background um like if I'm shooting outside, I don't want to make sure a tree's not growing out of the back of their head or how you position them. And it's, it's, you know, it's a lot more because you want to be, get that image right. And, you know, you're going to shoot multiple images at one time, but you want to make sure the that composition, everything is right for that one shot. And then you're going to spend who knows how long editing each picture that you take afterwards. Right. And, uh, so you've done both. 
what what is kind of your take on 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 the difference between you know which which one would you say is easier? Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> is that a mean thing to ask? It, 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 I mean, they're both they're both hard. I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm a photographer first, but I love the whole filmmaking process. And right. So I think you know it's. Let's not even go into it. You know what? It's, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair to say one's easier. <laughs> I mean, no, they're they're both difficult. They're both different crafts that you have to learn and master. Um, and I still learn every day, even though I've been shooting for years. It's it's just you know, it's always a learning experience. It's always trying something new, different lighting techniques um, on both the photo and video side, and you know, getting in that image that you see in your head. Um, you know, so, um, I think they're both pretty equal, but totally different. You're right. They got to be seen as totally different things. And I think that's where people kind of get their mistake is they go, Oh, I'm a good shooter. Economically be a good photographer, but really how you think about the shot and how you want to convey the story is a whole lot different. And it does matter. Uh, another, you know, kind of thing that I think is, is always kind of a debate in the photography world is, is editing. So, uh, you know, I do a lot of landscape photography and I travel for landscape photography and a lot of times, you know, I'm like in the editing in like in Photoshop or Lightroom, I'm always debated because I'll have like this awesome shot of like a mountain, but the sky is just like bland. Like it's just blue. There's no clouds or anything like that. And I'm like, dang, I really just want to crop out the sky and add some like really nice cloud layers or even add some more mountains behind it and kind of, you know, alter my image a little bit. But some people are like, no, you, you edit what you have. You can't alter it, you know, past of what just besides the color. What What is your take on that? Well, I, there's a couple different camps. I try to edit what I see and, you know, sometimes the light's not that good. Then sometimes I won't shoot it. But I have done sky replacements before. And I can say I've never loved clouds as much as I did when I became a photographer. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, my God, clouds. I love it. It looks great. Um so yes, I, I try to shoot what's there, um, but sometimes you got to make an image better, and sometimes I will do a cloud replace, you know, sky replacement, or add a little something extra there, or I remove something out of the shot, you know, that's distracting, um, you know, like a light pole, or you know, it could be anything—a fire hydrant. And with Photoshop now, that's so easy to do that you know I'll just remove that. Yeah, that's something that I'm trying to get myself better at because before I I felt I don't know if it was just like me thinking I'm going to be a, had in this journalistic kind of mindset about it, but I was like I just felt guilty like, you know, completely altering this image into something that doesn't really exist, you know. But as I see a lot of photographers that I look up to and see these these uh, you know awesome photos on Instagram and whatnot, I'm like, there is no way that looked like that. They definitely added some some things to it. They you know altered the light. There's some heavy Photoshop going on to it. I mean, I really thought about it. Where if I'm just producing art and I'm producing something that I want people to enjoy seeing, there is no there is no reason why I can't alter it and make it look more pleasing. You know. And I think that photography allows people to dream. And uh, and if you're able to do something that people can look back and say, wow, that's and appreciate it, then that's I think that's part of it. And I ha- I've kind of had to let myself go on that end and say it's okay to, to do a little bit of editing. And it, it, yes, oh, I, I totally agree with you. And even if you go back to some of the greats like Ansel Adams, he edited every photo he took. He did it in the dark room with dodging and burning and, you know, 
playing around with how long he's exposing certain parts of the image to get what he wanted. So that was Photoshop before Photoshop was invented, but they were doing it in the dark room. And so, you know, everybody edits their photos. All photos need editing in mind. Nobody just goes, takes a picture, it's like, oops, blow it up and put it on the wall. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't happen. I touch every single one of my photos. And if it's people, I'm sometimes removing blemishes or something like that or stray hairs. But yeah, I, you have to edit every photo. And if you get have a vision of what you want and it takes a lot of Photoshop work to create it and, and make you happy, then you do it. Sadly, Ansel Adams didn't have Photoshop and he couldn't add clouds though. But uh, he would <laughs> imagine if he had that today. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Well, uh, David, thank you so much for hopping on this episode. It was really great talking to you and talking about some of, some of these fundamentals of photography and some of these other kind of debates in the industry. Uh, everybody else, thank you for, for listening on this episode. Uh, David, anything else you want to leave the audience with? Uh, I mean, if you're a photographer or videographer, just constantly keep practicing your craft. You, you can always learn more. Um, and I try to learn something every single day, um, whether it's talking through other photographers and videographers or just watching how other people do work. It's always a learning process and never stop learning. Awesome. David, where can people see your work? Uh, they can go to davidspectormedia.com. That's my white main uh, webpage. And my Instagram is at dspector. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone. <laughs>